Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers and spiritual entrepreneurs to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and join our crystal movement. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, I'm interviewing the amazing Nicholas Pearson, author of many, many crystal healing books, but in this episode, we're discussing his book, Crystals for Karmic Healing. I'm really looking forward to sharing this interview with you that I recorded several months ago with Nicholas now um, because he really dives into understanding and challenging our ideas of what karma really means and how this relates to crystals. He also then goes on to discuss how we can resolve this karma and really how to incorporate crystals into this process. It's an amazingly informative interview, and I love each and every time I get to speak with Nicholas because I personally always learn something new. So I hope that you'll enjoy our chat all about crystals for karmic healing. And before we dig into our interview, I just wanted to let you know that Nicholas's publisher, The Amazing Inner Traditions, has generously given us three copies of this book to give away to our listeners. So we're hosting a little contest over on Instagram that you can enter for a chance to win one of three copies. Just make sure to look for the cover of Nicholas's book, check out the rules, follow those, and you'll be entered to win one of three copies of the book. This contest is open to people worldwide, so be sure to check it out no matter where you're listening from. I'd love to share a copy of this book with you. So just hop over to Instagram and find me at Love and Light School, and you'll see an image for Nicholas's book, Crystals for Karmic Healing, and just follow the rules right on that post. Well, let's go ahead and get started with our interview. Today, I am so excited to be interviewing once again, the amazing Nicholas Pearson. And I'm really happy today to be talking to Nicholas about a book we actually haven't gotten to discuss very much yet, Crystals for Karmic Healing. So Nicholas, welcome. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you so much for having me on your new podcast. I'm really looking forward to this. Well, thanks for being here. It, just for those uh, people who are listening who maybe haven't been fortunate enough to listen in on one of our interviews before, can you just give us a little quick background of how you got started working with crystals and about your journey as an author and a speaker? So, you know, I started real young, as I think many of us do, picking up rocks everywhere I went. And my grandfather really saw this love I had for all things stone. And he gave me my first piece of quartz. And it's thanks to him, I have this addiction uh, <laughs> to this day. Um, when I was in high school, I, you know, I, I was in a really rigorous kind of academic program. Um, so, you know, I was really into the science and culture and history and everything that I could that was kind of surrounding rocks. But that was not a far cry from delving into spirituality, which already interests me. And I think when it came to the world of like crystals and crystal healing and the folklore around it, that was like the perfect marriage of both of these avenues of interest for me. So by the time I was a senior in high school, I started teaching workshops and, you know, it eventually got to the point where I wrote a book and now a few more and here I am. <laughs> and we were just talking before we started recording and you are on, is it book number six right now? 
I am. I'm, I'm writing book number six and book number five is going to come out next year. And we're just starting to shape up all the details. It's actually the first time I've gotten to, to really talk publicly about book five, which is uh, called Stones of the Goddess, Crystals for the Divine Feminine. I cannot wait for that. I think that it is so needed in the world right now. And you always bring just the best, freshest perspective to everything. And I think it does have to do with that love of science and history that you really weave into the pages and you kind of, you tell this amazing story. And I always feel like I'm just in this kind of amazing classroom when I read through one of your books, because it's so in depth, but in a way that is totally approachable and understandable. And just, you have a way of just shedding so much clarity on a subject. So I'm really excited. I have to ask what kind of prompted um, this topic for you? Well, you know, it, it started as one of those little tiny ideas in the back of my head that just wouldn't be quiet. Um, I have always loved earth-based religions and spirituality, you know, um, and the idea of the sort of imbalance we have in the world between divine masculine and divine feminine is, is getting more and more apparent with each passing moment. And when we really connect to crystals, they are part and parcel of Mother Earth herself. You know, when we pick up our favorite, you know, piece of quartz or, you know, put on our favorite strand of beads or a beautiful faceted diamond, these, these are the bones of the Earth Mother. These are the bones of the goddess who gave birth to everything that we have, everything that has material form. So um, it just seemed like a really natural way to try to usher in a little bit more awareness of the divine feminine and, and elevate that so we can really, you know, reclaim that, that power for healing worldwide today. Well, thank you so much for bringing this book into being because I do think it's, you know, really strongly now and I can't wait for its release. So you'll have to keep us all posted. Um, but today, like I mentioned, I wanted to dive into your book, Crystals for Karmic Healing, which is kind of like getting this reputation in the crystal healing community for being one of those must-have books. I really do think it's going to become a classic in the genre. And in this book, you touch on things like past life regression and meditation and um, cutting karmic cords and releasing cellular memories and uh, working with your guides and angels and accessing the Akashic records, you really just touch on so much. So I'm wondering if you can kind of boil down for people listening um, a little bit about your view on karmic healing and what it really means in our lives. Sure. Well, I mean, for starters, I think we have to kind of dive into the word karma because there's some really charged impressions of what that means and how it influences us. And in short, our word in English, karma, comes from Sanskrit, karman, which means action or deed. So it's just the idea that everything we do causes ripples. Um, those ripples are not inherently good, nor are they inherently bad. They just are. And our souls use that sort of karmic patterning, that karmic activity, to measure our development. So as we are kind of on this evolutionary path to, to reunite and reclaim our, our inner divinity, um, we, we kind of sign up for different lessons we want to learn from incarnation to incarnation. The great news is that every lesson there is for your soul to learn, you get to take pass-fail. Uh, the bad news is that you're taking it pass-fail until you can finally pass it. And that's why sometimes we have those really persistent lessons in life. Um, and, you know, if we explore the idea of alternate lifetimes, it's why we often see many themes that repeat from lifetime to lifetime, because we have to master those before we can move on. And it's, it's a necessary part of our soul's growth. It's like, you know, when, 
you're in high school and you really hate biology and you take biology and then you take it again and <laughs> then you take it again. Um, that's what your soul's doing with things like poverty or unconditional love or um, you know, healing family relationships, whatever that is. There, there's a reason we see them over and over again. And one of the beautiful things about working with the mineral kingdom is um, generally speaking, left to their, their own devices, the only sort of karmic decision any crystal makes is to be present. Everything that comes after that is an act of service, and service inherently generates what we call merit, which is that kind of you know, positive karma that outweighs the, the negative deeds, or the, the, it's the kind of uh, energy that outweighs the lessons we have yet to learn. So working with them automatically and kind of unconditionally elevates our consciousness and helps us kind of tap into that potential to balance our own karmic scales. Wow. You know, I had a, a spiritual teacher earlier in my life who talked about this, not quite as eloquently as you do, but he, he gave this example where he would say, and this is, I'm speaking of um, Dale Walker of the Crystal Awareness. Yes, Institute, yes. And he would say, you know, the universe first pokes you, and then the universe nudges you, and then the universe shoves you, and then the universe hits you over the head with a brick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Until you learn your lesson. And I think, that's so true. And, and yeah, I'm sure most of us can think of, you know, at least something as you were just going through a few of those examples that we've been repeating these patterns in our lives. So why is it then, Nicholas, important for us to actually resolve this karma? You know, ultimately, some of this responsibility is personal, but a lot of it is planetary. We are poised at this really unique moment in the sort of evolutionary process of planet Earth where we can do a whole lot of growth in a very little bit of time. Um, you know, generally speaking, when when a, a world like ours is ready to move on to its next chapter of evolution, it has to actually transcend all of the collective karma that there is. Um, we have kind of a free pass. We only have to have a majority of the karma, which equals only 51%. Um, and so when we clear our own karmic patterning, when we let go of that baggage that we carry around and we transform it, we therefore are contributing less karma to planet Earth, and everybody benefits from that. So, you know, sometimes it's hard to make those changes for ourselves, especially when we're kind of in that um, place where we serve others so much. But healing yourself, taking care of your own karma, putting yourself first really is doing a service to everybody. Um, and that's why it's so vital to, to do this kind of work. I really like that explanation. Thank you. Um, now, let me ask you this, if, and I know this is really hard because there are so many ways to approach kind of resolving this negative karma, but if you had to choose just one or two stones or one or two of your favorite approaches to get started, what would they be and why? So this is something I, I teach very openly in my classes. Uh, I think if you want the shortcut to transforming your karma, um, there are two things you can do. One is be of service, and the other is use the violet flame. Um, so I talk a little bit about the violet flame in this book, as well as in my first book, um, Some Archetypal Stones. Um, it has this sort of intimate relationship with amethyst. So get yourself some amethyst. Thankfully, that is commonly available. It is inexpensive. We can get big chunks for really good prices. Um, so we can do some big work with it. But the beauty of the violet flame is it, it not only helps kind of separate us or cut these karmic entanglements, but it transforms them. So it's like when you're looking at the karmic scales and we have those lessons that are yet to learn on one side and those lessons that have been learned on the other, it actually takes that, you know, maybe idea of poverty consciousness or that idea of forgiveness, and it puts it from the not so pleasant side of the scale onto the pleasant side. 
So we're really getting not just healing, but total transformation. Um, and that's why it's so wonderful. And then, you know, the other part of the equation, if we can be of service to others, we can generate what's called merit. Um, and there are lots of stones that allow us to do that while living our personal truth. I think Amazonite is a great one because it really allows you to express the real you instead of the you other people think you ought to be. Um, Charweed is another one that's really good on that path to service. Um, Naisha Ozian writes about that, and that has always struck this beautiful chord with me. Uh, but even if we just need some clarity in life, dig out some clear chords and, and do some deep work with it that way. And so what are some ways that you would recommend people really connect with these stones? Would you say meditation? Um, would you say what would be like a really simple way for most people to get started? Because this is a subject that I think might be at first glance kind of intimidating for someone. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely understand that. So um, I think when it comes to any form of healing or sort of spiritual growth when it involves the mineral kingdom, the simplest and easiest thing we can do is to meet our stones in meditation. Um, the more intentionally and the more conscientiously we work with our stones, the more conscious and intentional our results are going to be. Um, so, you know, it's one thing to put on your favorite pendant, slip on a ring, put a stone in your pocket, put one under the pillow. But how conscious are we of that energetic and spiritual relationship? And the easiest way to, to build that rapport with your stones is in quiet contemplation. We, we don't even really have to call it meditation. If meditation seems like something that is not, not in your skill set, I promise it can be. Shut off your phone, turn off the television, find some good natural light, and just stare at how pretty your rocks are. Um, you're going to start to notice things that uh, appear in your mind. You're going to start to see the stone reflecting things in your own causal patterns or in karmic patterns, as well as you know the mental, the emotional, um, and every other aspect of you. And that nice quiet time that we get by sitting with our stones really prepares us for more advanced work that we're going to do later on. And you know, I love this. And one thing that I would like to add about this is just the more that you do this in your life, the more natural it starts to feel. You know, the first few times you sit down and do this, it might seem a little strange or it might be hard to slow down or just be in the stillness. But once you start to routinely kind of make time for this, as part of your daily practice or your weekly practice or whatever works for you, it just starts to feel so good to the point where it's something you look forward to. It's something that just, it fills up your well. And um, I just, I love that that's your, your simple go-to way because I couldn't agree more with that. It's just such a fantastic way to connect with your crystals. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's such a simple thing. It's deceptively simple. Um, but it can produce some pretty big, profound results. That's very true. Um, so Nicholas, the kind of the other side of the coin in this book is is also really how it dives into discovering your soul's purpose. And I'm curious, in, in your perspective, how does this relate to karmic healing? How are these two intertwined? So my my experience, my understanding of this is that you know each of us kind of comes with a set of karmic lessons that we've got from lifetime to lifetime, or even from day to day. And those really serve as ways to either highlight patterns that we really need to resolve, things that it's time to let go of once and for all, or things that, new skills that we need to attain so we can go out there and really live our truth. Um, you know, we're kind of woven into existence from the heart, mind of creator, um, out of the, the fundamental energies, the, the sounds, the sights, the colors, 
Um, we could call them the seven rays. In gemstone therapy, we call them the color rays. Um, but when this first, most primordial part of us is created, we call that our spiritual blueprint. And written into your blueprint is the highest potential that you could ever achieve. Um, it's like when you plant an acorn, it is inherently programmed to become the oak tree. But environmental factors can get in the way of that. And that's true of our own lives as well. So if we really want to dig deep into that sort of karmic healing, the natural extension of that is to really live that highest potential that you've got. When all of the karma falls away, the light of your blueprint shines through and you're going to be a more confident, a happier, a healthier, a more well-adjusted human being. And you're going to be able to elevate others to that same place. And I think that's something that we all, in some way, we strive for. We're kind of pushed toward that. We're pushed toward that um, divine blueprint, toward that kind of energy of perfection in a way. And you kind of, I guess, hinted that a little bit when you start to talk about looking at karmic healing on more of a global scale and yeah. resolving planetary karma. So why is this something that, or I guess, how is it that we are all a part of this and why is this important? Um, and how do we each kind of play a role in this concept of resolving planetary karma? You know, to a certain degree, um, you know, we have that personal responsibility, that buy-in that we all kind of have to get, but, um, Every time we have these big ripples on planet Earth, um, you know, we could talk about acts of war and genocide and other atrocities. We could also talk about the sort of mythopoetic truths like the fall of Atlantis um, or the fall of, you know, uh, out of Eden, all these other things that are kind of etched into our psyche, whether factual or mythic, it really doesn't matter. They're, they represent a sort of deeper karmic pattern. And sometimes the, the actual people, the, the souls that are involved in that, resolve their personal part. And yet the environmental patterns are still there. So we kind of have this ambient karma that people have finally released and let go of, but it's still there. And then you meet those really lovely, wonderful human beings, those sensitive souls who kind of, as they're stumbling through life, find one of these pieces of ambient karma. And they're like, oh gosh, no one's going to resolve this. Well, I better take this on. This is my karma now. And there are probably a lot of us, um, myself included, who have done this consciously or unconsciously in their lifetimes. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have too. Um, but, you know, we can't just, we can't just do that absentmindedly. We have to have the tools that equip us with everything we need to resolve that karma once and for all. Because otherwise, you know, we pass the buck. We either take that with us to the next lifetime as our own karma from now on out, or we drop it somewhere else for someone else to take on. So when we really work on resolving our planetary karma, uh, we are transforming global consciousness. We are healing some of the most deeply wounded parts of the collective human psyche. And that does really great work for us one and all. It's, it's something that is so vital in today's world. I mean, you can see all the transition, all the strife, um, all the oppression, all the discontent everywhere you turn in the media. And, you know, I, I really sincerely believe that these are symptoms of a deeper problem. And, and crystals are one of the ways that we can tackle that problem. It's certainly not the only way that we should rely upon, um, but they can be really helpful facilitators for many of us who otherwise might feel powerless. And now I see so clearly the tie into the new book. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So clearly that tie now. And I just, now I look forward to it even more because I see how it's almost like, you know, becoming aware of the problem and 
making resolutions to stop perpetuating that cycle of planetary karma, but needing the tools to really understand how to do that. I, I look forward to reading about that in your next project. Um, Nicholas, thank you so much for being here and just the depth of such a short conversation is something that I can't express enough gratitude for. So thank you. Thank you for having me as always. It's a pleasure. And can you just tell everyone before you go where they can find you online and how they can stay in touch? Because I'm sure everyone is going to want to anxiously await the release of your next book. Absolutely. So um, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram as The Luminous Pearl. Um, but you can also check out my publisher's website, innertraditions.com. My books are available everywhere books are sold, like Amazon and Barnes and Noble and IndieBound, um, everywhere you go. So um, yeah, feel free to, to look me up. I promise there will be some details released very soon. And I just have to throw out there one really fun thing about Nicholas on Instagram is that people send him pictures from all over the world after <laughs> to book his book in a bookstore somewhere. And it's really fun just to see how far and wide uh, crystal healing can kind of spread through this world and how much change and transformation has taken place. So again, Nicholas, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Wow. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in that interview with Nicholas, all about crystals for karmic healing. Don't forget, you can win one of three copies of Nicholas's book over on Instagram. Just find me at Love and Light School and look for the post with crystals for karmic healing. Just follow the few quick contest rules and you'll be entered to win one of three copies. And a big thank you to Inner Traditions for making those copies available for our giveaway. If you want more information about anything we discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe through that link as well so you never miss a future episode. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Visit us online at loveandlightschool.com.